You're listening to the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast, episode number 20, using an online adoption profile service with America Adopts founder, Lawrence Morton. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast. My name is Tim Elder. I'm an adoptive dad of two, working on number three, and this is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption, where we give you the tips and resources to decrease the time and cost of your adoption journey, make it less stressful for you to reach the dream of becoming parents. And today I'm really excited to talk about online adoption profile services. Uh, but before we get into that, I wanted to share with you the four free adoption resources I have on my site, infantadoptionguide.com forward slash welcome four free instant downloadable resources you can get. Go pick them up and it'll help you on your adoption journey. I welcome you to do that uh, right now and I'll have them on the show notes as well for this episode number 20. So yeah, today's show is all about an online adoption profile service, using on what it means um, and ways that you can connect faster with birth parents as well, or expected parents. And uh, we also answer three questions from folks that are, were on our Facebook groups. So I, and hope you stick around and listen to that. I, I really enjoyed the conversation I had with Lawrence and, uh, you know, obviously one of the toughest part of domestic infant adoption is trying to find a match, uh, with an expected mother. And it's really a struggle to put together your profile, to write the letter, to get it, uh, the printed portion done. And then also the online portion done and, and more and more today, the internet, is a beautiful, great service to help us all connect better um, and communicate better. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. And Lawrence will share with you what it means to be part of an adoption profile service like his, but he'll also just give us some insight on open adoption tips on how to make a fast and successful match. And of course, how America adopts uh, the profile service works. So hope you enjoy this interview with Lawrence Morton from americaadopts.com. Okay, everybody, we have Lawrence Morton on the show today. He is an adoptive dad and founder of America Adopts and Canada Adopts, which are both online meeting places that help expectant parents considering adoption and hopeful adoptive parents connect faster and easier. So on the show today, we're going to talk about open adoption, parent profiles, outreach, and basically how to find a match. So Lawrence, welcome to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Good to Absolutely. be here. Absolutely. Excited to talk to you today. I know we've been trying to hook up for a while here to to get this done because I, I, you guys have such good information on your site and all, the resources you provide, the blog you have, and the services you provide are just very, very helpful to adoptive or hopeful adoptive families. So I'm excited to share all that with the folks today. Great. Well, I, I really, I know we've been waiting to do this and really is because uh, you guys have redid your website a little bit. You want to talk briefly about that first? Sure. I think we were talking when it was still um, winter out and yeah. <laughs> storms and things like that. And uh, <laughs> it was always like another week, Tim. I think uh, we're almost done. Another week, another week. So anyways, thank you for um, your patience. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, our site, um, as you mentioned, um, helps uh, expectant parents considering adoption and adoptive parents uh, connect faster and easier. And we just uh, redid the website 
basically the two big changes is that we made it uh, more responsive, so um, a little more user-friendly, and we made it a lot easier as well for our hopeful adoptive parents to, um, to be uh, found because you know, part of what our service does is, is really give them a, an internet presence and tries to increase their uh, visibility uh, to help them find a match. So the biggest change, as I mentioned, is responsive. So what that really means is that now the site appears the same way across all screens and devices, you know, whether you're using a, a phone, tablet, or desktop, it's still the same. And part of what motivated that was, um, I think, the shift towards um, mobile use. More people now are getting their information on their phone. And um, we, we found that um, with other sites, in particular, it's really hard to find things. You know, every time you press the wrong button or something, the site goes wonky. You lose a page and, or you lose a, a link. And one of the things we want to do is the same thing I guess our clients want to do, which is to um, stand out and to set ourselves apart from the other sites out there. So that's definitely one thing we do. So with the new site now, it's the, um, I guess the, the whole user experience is a little more streamlined, a little more seamless. The site's a little more functional easy to manage, and uh, also, as I mentioned on the front page, um, or we also have a little more real estate now where we um, uh, are able to feature our, our clients even more. I mean, one thing, I guess, that sets us apart from other sites is that we're the only site that actually features, um, basically puts the, the um, adoptive parent profiles front and center on the, on the website above the fold. There's large pictures, links to their profile, and that's um, you know just one way, I guess, to set ourselves apart. And now we also, just under that, have um, links to all the profiles that um, every time you click on, it, on the site, um, through a rotation, you will be able to um, see all the other couples that are on the site as well. Very easy to find, yes. Hopeful adoptive parents on there, and your blog posts too. It's yeah, exactly. And we also have some um, some articles on, and uh, a little bit more information about um, what we do and and why we're there. Yeah, and the, and the primary service you guys provide is is helping connect, like we said at the beginning, there connect hopeful adoptive parents to expected parents. So your site. Uh, you have both on the front page there, you have two different uh, get started now buttons. And one is if you're looking to basically adopt or, or connect with a prospective birth mother. And the other one is, are you looking for a family for your baby? So it's, it's an interesting way and unique way. And I really love the big pictures too, of all the adoptive families right on the front page. That's a great way to, to help connect people faster. Uh, you're right. It's, I've never seen another, site like this that has such a big uh, huge picture of people that's that's awesome if you're yeah, an expectant thanks. mother expectant mother looking at this that's a huge uh, pictures tell a lot so um, I think that's really cool you guys do that yeah I mean what we've heard from birth mothers and expected mothers is that you know so many couples now are, are um, make their choices based on their their pictures I mean the, the irony is that people spend so much time I guess writing their profile that the pictures are usually an afterthought, but in fact, what um, the first thing that actually expectant parents do uh, or see are your photos. So, you know, getting that first impression is really important, and having large photos gives it some extra impact. And really, what you're trying to do is to, to capture people's attention, and there's nothing better than, you know, a, a good photo that's going to draw people in and hopefully make them want to uh, find out more about you and 
eventually um, connect with you directly through um, you know an email link or a phone number. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. But before we get too much further into that, I, I want to ask you a quick. I mean, we said at the top of the show you're a, an adoptive dad, and you obviously started two sites: the America Adopts Adopts dot com and Canada Adopts dot com. Can you give us just a quick uh, story there of how you got into that and how you sure, started both, both quick, sites? Uh, yeah, I, it can't be quick. I understand. Getting a sort of adoption story is um, <laughs> is quick, but our I guess our journey started about sixteen years ago, and um, we've been married a few years, and we wanted to start a family, um, and then we um, um, not so quickly discovered that we um, it wasn't happening the traditional way, so we tried untraditional routes and um, you know we went through fertility treatments and all types of tests and eventually we found out we had something called unexplained infertility which when you're looking for answers isn't really an explanation at all um, so we uh, we moved on to an adoption and um, I guess you know in retrospect it sounded like or it sounds like a smooth sort of seamless transaction or sorry transition but um, at the time it was anything but that um, I actually sort of went into it, um, uh, I guess, dragging my feet. Um, you know, we didn't, uh, at the time, we didn't know anybody who um, had adopted, um, no family members, no friends. We didn't really know much about the process at all. And the little that we did know, uh, frankly, scared us. Um, you know, those stories that you, you hear about the sort of the hard, heartless women giving up their uh, their children and then coming back to claim them and the stories about people who know people who know people who had some kind of uh, horror story. Um, anyways, it all changed uh, one day. We went to an information meeting and we met actually real adoptive moms and dads and, and real birth parents. And uh, for us, it was a revelation, a real sort of eye-opening experience because everything, I guess, that I thought I knew about adoption, I realized was, was wrong. So from then we started to explore our options, and um, again, it wasn't the smoothest of rides. Um, initially, we looked at public adoption, but there were so many barriers. Um, one in particular was um, uh, my wife is Catholic and I'm Jewish, so we checked out Catholic and Jewish family services, and we found out through Catholic family services that we couldn't use them because I was Jewish, and we went to the Jewish family services. They wouldn't look at us because my wife was Catholic. Wow. And then we um, we looked internationally, and we we found that um, you know doors were sort of opening and closing all the time. There was a lot of volatility and uncertainty. So then we sort of gradually sort of started looking at this thing called open adoption. And uh, at that time, again, I didn't know very much about it. I liked the idea about the sense of openness and transparency. Um, the fact that you know the children would um, grow up knowing who they were and where they came from, which was sort of, you know, antithetical to everything that I thought about adoption, which was still shrouded in secrecy and, and shame. And then um, also, unlike other uh, sort of adoption routes, what was really attractive to me was the fact that we could actually play an active role or rather a proactive role in building our family through our outreach um, efforts. And again, it wasn't um, without its, you know, challenges and problems. I mean, through our adoption professional, we were put in touch with a, a woman in California who um, was pregnant and had an adoption plan. And a few months later, uh, after talking to her almost every day and keeping in touch with her, we found out the hard way that she, um, she did not have an adoption plan and she was not pregnant. 
So um, we were still reeling from that experience when uh, one night, one uh, late night, we got a call from a woman who said that she had seen our profile and she was interested in placing her baby with us. And we thought to ourselves, oh no, here we go again, another scam. And then she told us how she found us and um, she mentioned that she had seen our profile online. And at that point we remembered that um, you know, we had posted this really sort of primitive profile of ourselves um, a little while earlier and we, you know, this was, um, you got to remember this is 1998 when the uh, internet was still in its infancy and um, we put it up and then we did probably what everybody else would have done at that point. We forgot about it. And uh, anyways, we uh, uh, turned out that um, it was, she was serious and it was real. And um, uh, a few months or sorry, a few weeks later, we uh, became uh, parents and then uh, that was in 1998. And then five years later, we uh, adopted from Portland, Oregon, uh, also through um, the help of the internet, uh, our second son. And in between that, we started um, Canada Adopts in 2001 to help other couples and expected parents do the same thing. And then America Adopts in 2011. And that's pretty much where we are today. Wow. So you didn't use, <laughs> you didn't work through an agency then at all. Well, we worked, uh, you, we worked through a licensee, uh, okay, and yeah. we did work through agencies, but uh, we didn't have um, any real prospects. Uh, the second adoption was through an, an agency, but it came again through, I mean, the, the role that the internet played was basically through um, uh, chat groups and from speaking to other people. We actually found out about the agency, but the first match was completely through, uh, through the net, although, as I mentioned, we were working with agencies, but we found that, um, you know, with the agencies, they just didn't have the same kind of um, uh, resources um, that the internet gives you, like the fact that, um, you know, there's no barriers. Um, you know, anybody anywhere can see your, your profile, whether they live, you know, across the country or across the room or, you know, next door across the street. Um, it's really easy to, to find you and it's um, such a really uh, cost-effective tool. So, you know, I, um, a lot of people have you know sort of concerns about adoption. They have concerns about um, the internet, but um, for both of us, it's you know in both cases, it's turned out to be um, both turned out to be a godsend. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I've I've went to a, an adoption conference and I've read a bunch of stuff on from the Donaldson Adoption Adoption Institute, and they've done so they do a lot of studies and research about adoption. And one of them they had was about the internet and adoption. Mm -hmm. And how basically prospective birth parents today or expected parents, whatever you want to call them, are, are bypassing agencies and attorneys and just kind of reaching out directly to people through the Internet on their personal website or parent profile sites like yours. So it's very interesting how the, the tide is turning. In, but you even see it back in 1998, which is incredible it's being so long ago. And like you said, such an early part of the Internet. Now it seems like even more and more and more easy to connect with people, but uh, it's just amazing that uh, you had that connection so long ago. That's awesome. Oh yeah, no, it was um, um, it was unbelievable at the time. I mean, it just um, came completely out of the blue, and uh, you know, parenting changes your life, adoption changes your life, and that night certainly changed our life. And to know that. Um, 
you know, you can build your family with, um, you know, it could be as easy as a, you know, a click away is, is a nice, um, thought. Yeah. <laughs> that way. I mean, you're, you're right about the, with the Donaldson Institute that, um, you know, that untangling the web, I think is the, what yes. you were talking about. And it's really, you know, it, it's, I think, I think the internet's changed, um, you know, it changes it changed everything, not only for you know, outside adoption, but especially inside adoption. It sort of changed the landscape, and it sort of shifted a lot of the control away from, um, you know, agencies. And there's nothing wrong again with with agencies or working. I mean, working with adoption professionals. And I tell everybody, by the way, that the internet is just a tool, and you still need, you know, you still have to go through all the legal and social channels to make sure that everybody gets the right um, counseling and that. You're um, you're making an informed decision, and that you you've explored all your options. But what it does now is that it gives people you know access to information that they they never had before. And as I'm you know uh, you know traditional sort of route would be that um, you know the the agency through the professionals would be the the gatekeepers. And back in the day, um, you know if you wanted to adopt, you'd have to send in your profile and. And then you'd have to sort of just wait for the right person to come through the door and find it. And um, based on, you know, the criteria that you had or the criteria that your adoption worker had. And now it basically, in, in some ways, it, it, you know, it gets away from that. Um, it eliminates that, that third party. And it allows you and the participants basically to interact directly with each other. And that's really important. I mean... You know, it, for some people, I, I, I know that there's you know, a lot of comfort in having a third party sort of mediate things between you and, and help you to screen, um, you know, uh, prospective um, um, birth parents. Um, but um, what they're really interested in is they want, they want to speak to you. They want to know you. They want to uh, find out what you're like. They, you know, a lot of them are, we found too, that uh, in our own experience that, um, some expectant parents do not want to deal with, um, you know, third parties or they don't want, uh, other people involved in it. I mean, eventually against those people would become involved, but now it allows them to basically find out a little about you, uh, a little bit about you. And I think that, um, it helps them also to sort of validate their, their decisions. Like a lot of them are, are just really un unsure, um, expected parents who are considering adoption, whether this is the right decision whether um, you know they're going to ever find somebody who will love their their child as much as they do, and I think making that connection um, gives them some comfort, um, and it allows them also to sort of see um, what kind of life their child might have. It lets them you know visualize it as opposed to just you know some um, putting it into a theory and 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 going into some you know. Um, office and looking through some profiles it just doesn't have the same you know the vibe to it is actually seeing this couple's face or or speaking to them on the phone and finding out um how it um you know what they're what they're like and um you know there's there's obviously risks involved um whenever you you know you go on the internet by yourself but i always think that um you know the internet is only as good as the people that that use it and um you do have to be careful um, and it is a tool, but it's a very uh, real effective tool. And I think that um, the fact that you know hundreds, if not thousands, of families have been built as a result of um, the internet is a testament to that. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you said 
that what you said about agencies, because yeah, we're not here. We're not saying this is uh, something that you can just uh, make a connection outside of using an agency or an attorney. I mean, you need to do the legal aspects of the of the adoption, and even on your site, your families that you have up there show uh, how to connect through. If they're using an agency, it says here's our agency contact information. Here's how you get a hold of us, or if you want to call us directly, you can call us that way. There's a lot of different ways for potential uh, birth parents to connect with them. And I, I really like that. That's a, that's a great way to do it because it gives them however they're comfortable in connecting, even if the, sending an email to them is, is if it's comfortable for them. So that's the best way. And the seems like the fastest way to make a connection is just give them all the options. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's the operative word. I mean, options, I think um, adoption is all about options and, and choices. And, um, when you think about what's at stake, what, what's at the center of it all, um, giving people some, uh, some options and the fact that, you know, in both cases, you know, um, expected parents considering adoption and adopting parents have a lot in common, probably more so than people think. And, and part of it is just that, you know, they're, they're both in a situation that's sort of outside of their control. They're looking for um, some kind of um, a sense of um, getting some kind of control over their situation, and I think the internet um, allows them to do that. It, it uh, and one, one thing I, I do advise to everybody, and I send out um, um, an email about this when they register, is to make sure that they get their um, adoption professionals involved as quickly as as possible, because um, they're obviously uh, emotionally involved in a situation. They don't have the sort of experience or they can't see the red flags the way that the uh, um, their professionals are. So the the internet is just. I mean, we're like a, almost like a, a bulletin board. Like um, I think one of your uh, guests recently compared herself to like a what was it a, a wedding um, wedding yes. planner wedding planner yeah Madeline Milcher yeah. yes yeah. yeah exactly and we're we're almost like I guess you could call us like a, a dating website. Like I mean, we post profiles of waiting parents who have been approved to adopt and are you know, adoption ready um, in the hopes of, you know, connecting with, you know, prospective um, birth parents who are considering adoption for their baby. So, um, but there are risks and, you know, for instance, in our um, case um, with our, um, when we were, you know, the victims of an adoption scam, that scam actually was um, actually an offline scam. Um, it did not happen online it happened um, you know by being put in touch with somebody through our adoption professionals um, and the point is that these these things can come on online and offline I mean a lot of I think there's obviously a higher risk online uh, because you have less filters and screens in place but um, if you think that they only happen online um, you're gonna be in for a bit of a surprise absolutely I agree yeah let's get into uh what it means to have a profile service such as yours. If you can just explain uh, what America adopts and Canada adopts, what they do for hopeful adoptive families, what kind of services you provide, what it means to, to actually go with you and put their profile online. Sure. I mean, I think um, open adoption is a really sort of um, complicated process. And one of the, uh, I guess the hardest parts of the, the process is actually finding that, that match and um, uh, being able to reach out and to, to find 
um, either you know an adoptive family or a birth family that's right for you. So what we do basically is, um, uh, as I mentioned, we give people more more options to do that. And the two things you actually need to find a match are luck and exposure. And you can't have luck without the exposure. So what we do really is we provide people with the exposure, adopting parents, so that they're lucky enough to to find a match because you never know where that match is going to come from. And it stands to reason that the more places you can get yourself out there, you know, the better the chances you have of finding success. And, you know, in today's day with, um, you know, this Facebook era, um, digital era, I mean, most people, when they're looking for information, the first place they go to uh, is on the web. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's no, you know, there aren't the same kind of barriers. It's really easy to find people um, and find information. So what we do is that through our sort of search uh, optimization efforts, our social media efforts, we're one of the sites that would come up when you would enter in keywords about you know open adoption, open adoption profiles, parent profiles, you know birth mother blogs, things like that. And we also have articles, blogs, and resources that um, also help expected parents and uh, adopting parents to help them navigate the uh, the process so that they can build um, long and lasting relationships uh, with each other. So. In a nutshell, we're we're like, we're a tool. I mean, in the old days, I guess people would go to you know the phone book to look for things, or they would go to the you know the local store and look at the bulletin boards. And what we do is that um, we help people to uh, to stand out so that they can find the match that's right for them. And you know, you mentioned how things are are changing, um, you know, in the adoption world. And right now, you know, it's um, you know, it's harder than ever, I think, to, to find a match. Although you're right, there's, there's so many different, you know, new tools. There's also a lot fewer people that are placing uh, or, uh, babies for adoption or considering adoption for their babies. And at the same time, there's a lot more people that are um, going over now and exploring domestic public adoption. And what they're trying to, you know, what you need to do really is to um, find a way to stand out, to get noticed, to get found, and to hopefully um, begin um, a conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think anybody that's gone online and looked at online profile listing services as yours, I mean, they know there's several out there. I mean, I wrote a, a blog post about it as well. What would make America Adopts or Canada Adopts stand out, make you stand out among those other profile services? Um. We talked about some of them. I think the the idea that those um, we're the only site that uh, puts our um, adopting parents front and center on on the uh, on the homepage in the way that we do. So the big photos. Uh, the other difference is um, so first of all the visibility on on the front page to that degree. The fact that the photos are big, sort of high impact, they draw you in. And um, the other big difference is that um, we actually have uh, a design team on site that actually will create the uh, profile for you from scratch. So they'll do all the, the touch-ups, the, um, the, um, you know, the site optimization, we'll do the uh, photo optimization. And some of that stuff, it, it's subtle, but uh, when you actually sort of compare our site to others or look at our photos to others, you'll really notice the, uh, the difference. And it's, sometimes it's just those 
those little things that, that make the difference. Um, so those are probably the two biggest ones. And then also the fact that we have, uh, you know, we've, we've had a pretty um, integrated contract, uh, content um, management um, strategy whereby we, you know, we post blog posts that are sort of, you know, targeted um, towards expected parents, birth parents, and adopting parents every week. We have a pretty active uh, social uh, media uh, platform as well. So those are just some of the ways that we, uh, we try to set ourselves apart from other sites. And now, of course, we're one of the first or only sort of adoption profile sites that have gone um, uh, responsive. So it's a lot more mobile friendly, um, better results in Google, and uh, more exposure for our hopeful uh, adoptive parents. Yeah, I mean, I think your services are definitely reasonably priced. Uh, I don't want to time stamp this because I'm sure there'll be people uh, a year or two or more from now that go back and listen to this. So we won't. You can go onto the websites and easily find what the prices are. But I think they're very reasonably priced, and uh, th- as another avenue to put you out there to find families or find prospective birth parents, it's, it's excellent to do that as much as possible. Always, I'm an, I'm in a hopeful adoptive. Uh, guy myself we're starting our third third pro third adoption process right now so i'm also looking at what ways can we put ourselves out there as much as possible to give us the most exposure as you use that's a great word because that's what you're looking for is exposure to uh, prospective birth parents out there to help you find you faster and uh this is just one more way to do it so i highly encourage everybody to go and and check it out and uh if they want to, before they just sign up, if they're a little hesitant or anything, is there a way they can contact you to just ask questions and those types of things? Yeah, sure. I mean, anytime they can, um, they can always email me at uh, info at americaadopts.com. And uh, Tim, I'm going to be expecting an email from you pretty soon to, um, to register. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, the major advantage of, of our site and sites like ours is that it's, it's one more avenue that people have. It's, yes. it's basically designed to give them a, a boost. And, you know, we're not out to compete with agencies. We don't um, um, undermine what they do. If anything, sort of we build on, on their outreach efforts. I mean, some agencies, you know, depending on which agency you have, they, they do have a, um, some have, you know, a pretty extensive outreach pro, uh, program. Others, others don't. So what we do is sort of give people just another, um, platform to get themselves out there and to leverage their their presence online. I, th- I think that um, you know you could have the nicest uh, website in the world, but if nobody finds you or nobody can find you, um, that you know it, it doesn't have a lot of uh, value. And you can spend a lot of time advertising. And I think what people can do with our site is that they can leverage on some uh, you know on some of the things that we offer, which is um, you know that exposure, that search engine optimization, the fact that we've um, been around and, and we built up um, a following, not only on, I guess on Google and a presence there, but also within the adoption community through, again, our social media channels, through the blog. Um, so those are other ways that um, allow people basically to, to get themselves front and center in front of um, uh, expected parents that are considering adoption. Yeah, I think people should think about it this way. If you you can put your own website up. You can put 
your own profile on your own website up and that's fine. The difference is a service like yours is going out and having all the technical things behind the scenes that you don't have to learn, which you talked about already search engine optimization, which means making it easier for people to find you and you have the ability, you know how to get into the social media side of it. So folks that aren't necessarily internet savvy don't have to learn all that stuff. We can go to you, use your service and you can do all that technical stuff for us and get our profile and our name and our pictures and everything out there to get us better exposure at a significantly, I mean, for, for not that much money, you can avoid having to learn all that stuff and you can get yourself presented faster. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, adoption comes with such a, a huge learning curve. I mean, the, the whole process itself. And then once you get beyond that and, you know, get your head around, you know, how to write a, a profile letter, um, then you've got to figure out a way of getting it out there to people and, you know, and also keeping active on social media. And every day it seems like there's a new sort of channel that comes up and, um, you know, there's always this fear of, you know, missing out. Like if I'm not on Facebook or if I don't, um, you know, send out two tweets a day, um, I'm going to miss out on all this stuff. And um, I think, you know, one of the things that we offer is that, uh, yeah, you just send us your material. We'll take care of it. You can sort of sit back and you can focus on, you know, other things as well um, because, you know, there's, there's so much preparation that you need to do um, in terms of, you know, reading up on things, getting your, your family and your, your house prepared that um, you don't want to spend all that time just sort of waiting for the call to come in. I mean, a lot of people, I think, they, they, they sort of found out, the, you know, they find out the hard way that, um, you know, it's more than just registering and sending in your profile um, to an agency or an attorney and then waiting for the phone to ring. Um, if you do that, you're going to be waiting a very long time and that you really need to take uh, an active role. I mean, the Internet is one thing, you know, um, word of mouth obviously is another but I think that the more opportunities you have to get yourself out there, you know, the more likely you are to, f to find a match and to, uh, to build your family. Absolutely. Yes. You know, I, what I did, uh, before we started this interview is I threw it out there to some of our Facebook groups just to see, uh, told them that we were going to be talking about open adoption and connecting with prospective birth parents and if they had any questions for me. So I got a few questions here for you. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Yep. First one is how can families who are not using an agency increase their chances of finding a match? And obviously your service fills that answers that question. Um, can you think of any other ways that we could, that families can do that, that are not using an agency besides using the internet? Well, I mean, just besides your service, but yeah, maybe ex ex explain oh, I think a little there's more. a lot of, um, Oh, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, depending obviously on what your your budget is. I mean, there's there's always advertising on on AdWords and um, and on Facebook, and there's there's lots of actually for just talking about internet outreach. Um, and I actually wrote an article about this. About uh, there's a lot of free tools out there. I mean, you can um, you can start a blog, you can put an ad, let's say even on on Craigslist. You can put it in your adoption signature. Um, it really depends on how much. Uh, time you really want to invest in it, you can you know start um, a campaign on Twitter and Facebook. But you have to realize with all these things, it's not just a question of set and forget. Um, especially with the social media stuff, a lot of people.
get really uh, enthusiastic. They read these success stories and they, you know, they start a Facebook account or Twitter or Pinterest and um, and they they post it, you know, uh, a message on it, and then they, um, you know, they they wait for again somebody to respond to it. I mean, those things take time. Um, like I don't think any we've we've had matches that have happened like within a day of, of going up on the site, but you know they, they usually take a lot longer than that. So you've got to be patient. But um, there are a lot of resources out there. Again, um, blogs, um, creating your own website, um, places like uh, Craigslist or uh, um, or social media channels where you. Um, you know, you have the opportunity to get out there and, and interact, but I think there's also, you know, an art to it. I mean, you can't just sort of go out there and, um, you know, blast people that you're looking to adopt. And I think you also need to remember that you have to sort of engage in the community, um, provide value for people, give people a reason to follow you or to interact with you, um, and um, to help people and uh, solve people's um, questions and you know, social media, for instance, is a is a great way to do that. Yeah, that's good answers. And I I'll, I know on your site you have some articles that uh, directly respond to this kind of question too. So I'll put those links in the show notes. So anybody that uh, wants further to read further about the answer to that question and what you're just talking about, I'll put those links in there because you have a lot of good information on your website that people can read. Okay, next question is, how does a quote-unquote big family find a match? Let's say you have four kids already and you want to adopt. Um, how does a big family like that find a match? Is it any different than having no kids or a small family? I think, I guess the tricky thing about open adoption is that, you know, every case, every situation is different, unique. No two stories are alike. And there's a lot of sort of myths about it, like, you know, that um, expected parents only want um, young childless couples and things like that. But there's lots of uh, expected parents um, that, that are actually looking for larger families. I mean, it, there could be any number of reasons. One is, you know, they, they grew up in a, a large family and, um, and they have a, you know, a direct connection to that. So I think, I mean, the great advantage um, of large families is that you obviously have a hands-on experience with um, with parenting, and I think again, what you're always trying to look at is what are your strengths, what what sets you apart from all the other couples, and how do you leverage that? And I think for a larger family, um, you can do that by giving you know examples of you know some of the uh, your parenting style, your parenting philosophy, but even more so, actually showing pictures of you with your uh, kids. I mean, it's one thing to say that you know we have a great time or we. You know, we have lots of fun or we love being parents. But, you know, again, a picture is worth a thousand words. And if you have a picture of yourself um, having fun or doing like a family dinner or going away, um, you know, on a vacation or playing at the park, all that stuff uh, signals, sends signals and messages to the expectant parent, um, says things that, you know, in many cases you can't even put into words that will, you know, um, create, you know, instant sort of connections with them. So I think that's really important. I think one of the disadvantages in, in some ways that a lot of the childless couples have is that they don't know really, um, you know, when it comes to that parenting uh, section about, you know, what our, our thoughts are about parenting and adoption, they really don't have much to say because they don't have a lot of experience. 
And um, I've always tried to encourage people to try to, one of the most important parts of your profile, there's sort of three components. One is describing yourself, you know, um, you know what do you like to do for fun, your hobbies, your interests, how long you've been together. You know, obviously people always look at how long you've been married and the stability of your relationship. So that's one thing. The other thing that's important is, you know, what trying to help them visualize what kind of parent you would be. And the third thing, which sometimes gets um, short shrift, is uh, what kind of future would you provide for that child? So what you really have to do is try to help the expectant parents visualize what would my child look like in this family. So with a large family, you have all those opportunities to, um, to talk about that. Um, you know, even childless couples can do that by talking about, you know, their, um, you know, how they interact with their nephews and nieces. And again, more than just talking about it, show pictures, you know, if you coach minor hockey or if you uh, volunteer for Girl Guides, there's lots of opportunities there too, even if you don't have children. But I think that, you know, for larger families, um, that's a, a great opportunity to to show just the cohesiveness of, of your your family unit and uh, the fact that this child would go into a family with surrounded by siblings and, and love. Yeah, that could be very endearing to an expectant mother. I mean, she could want her child to fit right into a, a big family already. So, yeah, there's lots of opportunities for families that are big to, to find a match like that. So don't be shy to express yourself and how your family really are really is. Um, so on the flip side of that, we got the last question from Facebook here, which is, uh, how do single women, specifically even African American women, adopt when they're? Why is it so difficult for them really to adopt when there's such a need for African American families? And is the outreach for singles different than the outreach for couples? So kind of a two part question there. But what do you yeah. think? Um, I guess the first part is, again, it's it's all about trying to find out what it is about you that sets you apart from everybody else. And it's sort of stripping everything down to sort of like the essence of who you are and what makes you unique. And, you know, the description you gave me, I mean, the fact that there, there are not very many people that fit that description, rather than seeing that as a liability, can be a real asset because if somebody's looking for a single African-American woman and you are a single African woman, um, you would be the first person on their list. So I think, again, you've you got to go with your strengths. Um, you know, one, probably the biggest advice that I can or anybody can give to you is, um, you know, just be yourself and, um, and talk about, you know, your family. Um, in terms of single sort of applicants in general, I think that um, there is a perception that they have a, a harder time, and I think that goes also for any sort of non-traditional sort of um, applicant, like same-sex parents. And in, in some ways, they may have to do a little more outreach and be a little more proactive. But again, there are people who, let's say, grew up in a single-family resident, or um, you know, there's there's um, expected mothers who wants to want to be the only mother who will choose um, you know same-sex parents. So there are ways of, again, sort of turning that on its, on its head, what you might think of as um, uh, liabilities and turning them into assets. I think one thing that um, uh, an expectant mother wants to know is, um, you know, the single parent. Will she have or 
he would ever have the time uh, to spend with my child. Because, I mean, one of the reasons she may be um, thinking about placing her baby for adoption is that she wants, let's say, a two-parent family or because she doesn't think that she can handle um, raising her child on her own. So um, if you are a single applicant, then what you, I think what you need to do is to really stress your, your support network, the fact that you're surrounded by um, you know, a strong network of family and friends who are ready to, you know, to pitch in and are really excited about sharing your adoption journey with you. I think you know, with your, you know, your pictures, it's really important to show you surrounded by those people, interacting with those people, because um, you know the pictures again telegraph um, so many different messages. And I think that if just if it's just sort of pictures of you standing alone at different locations, just sort of looking at the camera, not doing anything, that gives a very different um, it's a very different vibe and conveys a very different message than you you know, with your best friend and your best friend's daughter or your niece or your nephew or a neighbor. So I think, again, you have to try to help the expectant parents picture you in that, in that role as, as a parent because, um, you know, just talking about it isn't, isn't enough. What if uh, you've been waiting a long time, specifically a single person, a single woman that's been waiting a long time, and you feel like, you know, I've done all, a lot of that, put all that stuff in my profile, and I've still been waiting for such a long time. Do you have any suggestions on what they could do? Well, I think, I mean, I, I've had people who have uh, found matches on our site, um, again, within the first day, within the first week. But there's others that, you know, it took two or three years. And I think it's really a question of, you know, finding the right, waiting for the right match to come. Um, you know, your time may not come uh, when you think it is. Um, I think adoption has its own, we have our schedule and adoption has its own schedule, but, um, you know, it can hurt to refresh your, your profile. Um, I wouldn't do it all the time. I think that um, you can really drive yourself crazy um, with some of these other sites that where you, you know, you're, you're constantly rewriting things in order to get at the top of the, you know, the, the top of the, the heap as it were. Um, uh, but I think that there's no harm in you know um, playing around with your pictures, different pictures, um, trying uh, different uh, messages. Um, you know, a lot of people will start their profiles off, you know, sort of the traditional way, talking about um, you know reaching out to the expectant parents and and showing empathy and compassion, and and they don't actually get into you know who they are until let's say th you know paragraph three or paragraph four. And then they may not have any information at all about the relationship they want to have or what open adoption means, you know, until later in the uh, profile. If, you know, people will spend enough time to, to get down to that part of the profile. So I think there's opportunities to sort of flip that and to talk right off the top about what kind of relationship you want or what kind of open adoption, what does open adoption mean? Because the other thing is that you, you need to sort of keep in mind is that you've already gone through all this training. You've already gone through all this education. The expectant parents, on the other hand, they're in a crisis situation and there is so much uncertainty uh, in their life. I mean, whether or not, um, you know, they have the support of the uh, father of their child, whether they have family support and the clock is ticking and they're looking for answers. And then there's this thing called adoption and uh, they don't really know much about it. They read about it. It's about giving up their their child and they read that you know uh, these stories about people who 
um, place their babies and never see them again. So I think what your role is, um, is to sort of reach out and give her confidence and sort of take the lead and explain in a way what adoption can be, how you see it unfolding, how you see your relationship unfolding. Um, I never sort of um, would um, uh, push anybody to, to make promises because we all know that um, what happens to promises and that the things can change and your relationship can evolve over time. But I think you need to give people at least a framework or a groundwork of you know, what, what you have in mind um, in terms of a future relationship. So those are things that you can, you can always do, like just flipping, again, the, the format of your letter. Um, there's also little things. Like if you look at your letter, you know, even in the language, and this is one of the things that, you know, we have a, a profile writing service that we help people with, um, you know, to sort of help them with, you know, spot red flags and, and help them sort of finesse their, their profile so it's a little more sort of adoption friendly. And, you know, people will use terms like, you know, dear birth mother, and, um, you know, of course, a, a birth mother is an, an expected parent isn't a birth mother until she actually um, gives birth and, and signs the relinquishment papers. Until then, she's an expectant parent. But even when they see that word, they don't even know, like, birth parent, birth mother, what's that? Like, they don't even know that until they actually get into the process. You know, this idea about, you know, this language about giving up, um, you know, there are different ways of finessing it. Um, I mean, still being honest, still being accurate, but there's little ways and, you know, just being, uh, paying consideration to, to the language you use. Um, even, you know, the spacing of your profile can leave a, like make a difference. Like, you know, to make it more reader friendly, you know, more white space, shorter paragraphs, um, with your photos, for instance, a lot of people will just put tons of photos on, but what they don't realize is that, you know, one good photo, a good quality photo um, is way better than, you know, uh, a, a bunch of little photos, thumbnail photos. Really thinking about um, getting inside the head of this person, like finding out a little bit more about expectant parents. I think um, once you realize what their, you know, who your audience is and what they're looking for, you know, you can... Um, you can sort of tailor your message to that. I think a lot of people are are more interested in telling expected parents what they want to hear or what they think they want to hear as opposed to what they really need to know. Like they think this is what you need to know about us, but in fact there's other things that um, expected parents want to know, like again about the relationship. You know, they don't really care about um, the names of your nephews and nieces. They don't really care that much about your wedding unless your wedding is um, so unique that it says something about you. So I don't really think you need wedding pictures or to talk about your wedding pictures. I don't think you need to talk too much about, um, you know, why you're adopting apart from the fact that, you know, you may have experienced infertility problems and to talk about how, you know, what, what that's taught you about adoption or building a family and how that strengthened your relationship. So there's all, all these different ways that you can actually go back to your letter and, um, and improve it and pr improve your presentation. And the great thing about it, too, is that um, it keeps you busy. It keeps you proactive, and that can keep you um, feeling positive because the worst thing about the whole process is just that weight and that uncertainty and not knowing you know, when or what's happening and when that, uh, when that call will come, if it comes at all. So... Anything that you can do um, to to get your 
um, you know, put your best foot forward, say everything you need to say is good, and then again to uh, to get your message out through whether it be social media, blogs, advertising, all that will help as well. Yeah, well said. I mean, I've never known anybody that has started the adoption process and not adopted. And the only way you're not going to adopt is if you give up. So keep after it. Uh, it will happen. And like you said, the waiting is the, the worst, but uh, it will be worth it in the end. Trust me, I've, I've done, done it twice and I know what it feels like. So thank you so much, Lawrence, for uh, sharing all of your thoughts and wisdom and resources. I know you got a lot on your website, so I will put all those links in the show notes so people can, can find you and find out more information about America Adopts. Um, why don't you give us your uh, contact information again and how people can get a hold of you and your websites? Sure. Um, yeah, they can get in touch with me anytime at um, either info at americaadopts, all one word, dot com, or if um, your Canadian listeners are listening, um, info at uh, canadaadopts.com. And the uh, URLs are, again, www.americaadopts, uh, all one word, dot com, or www.canadadops.com and you're on Facebook and you're on Twitter you're all over oh, the yeah, place yeah, we're on Pinterest uh, <laughs> Plus and whatever other social media platform comes up next week <laughs> awesome well thanks Lawrence I, I'm glad we finally got together and did this interview I think it was great it's great help for people and it gives them hope and uh, I'm glad we were able to answer some Facebook questions there too because that's that's real world questions of people out there that are struggling uh, with obstacles in their adoption journey so thank you again for your time and all your words of wisdom well thank you very much it was a pleasure and um, good luck with number three <laughs> thanks Lauren appreciate it take care Okay, everybody, great interview. Love talking with Lawrence from America Adopts. He's an interesting guy. He's got a lot of good information and a lot of wisdom and a lot of good resources on his website. So, so I wanted you to know that everything we talked about today, the links and America Adopts website, all those ways to find out what we talked about will be in the show notes at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 2020. Um, you can go there. And also, uh, while you're there, check out my Start Here page, infantadoptionguide.com forward slash start, if you want even more domestic infant adoption info. And I invite you also to check out my book, Seven Steps to Domestic Infant Adoption. It's on Amazon, only $3.99. It's an easy, uh, instant download resource for you. Um, you can find it on my website there. It's at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash seven steps. So uh, I just want to ask you if you would help me get this into the ears of more people. Uh, if you'd go to, over to iTunes and leave an honest review, I appreciate that. Uh, you can listen to this on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio um, over at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash iTunes. You can find a way to easy leave a review. And what that does is help it gets featured and found by more people. So uh, we can all uh, benefit from the great guests that we have on the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. So I just want to wrap up this episode uh, by asking you just a question about adoption profiles and listing your service online. Have you looked into it? I mean, there's quite a few sites out there that will list your profile online. So take a look and see what you think and see if it's worth it. There's some that are more expensive than others. So do some research and check it out. It'll be a great way for you to get out there 
and hopefully have a better, quicker connection with an expectant mother. So thank you so much uh, for listening. And until next time, I'm keeping you in my prayers that your adoption will happen soon and you'll become the parents you're dreaming about. God bless.